شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and welcome to the Beyond the Member podcast where we choose imams and people of knowledge and have a discussion an informal but informative discussion based on topics that are chosen by you the viewers First and foremost, we'd like to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless this gathering. Inshallah, may he allow it to be beneficial for us and for the viewers as well. My guest today, alhamdulillah, is our own head imam, Qari Zakaullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Shaykh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? Alhamdulillah, very good. Zakaullah khair. So today, Shaykh, um, the topic that's been chosen is the Qur'an. Now, not only is it the Qur'an, but most of specifically, is um, your journey with the Qur'an from the beginning where you started uh, memorizing the Qur'an until the point where you are at now being the head Imam at GLM inshallah so my first question to you is where and when did you begin the journey with the Qur'an? okay bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah ma ba'd where and when I began my journey with the Qur'an it was at a very young age. Uh, my father, may Allah have mercy on him, he used to tell me the story of my young age. Obviously, I don't remember. Uh, I couldn't remember, but he, he is the one who used to tell me and he used to tell other relatives as well. That uh, when I was uh, three years old, one of our relatives, he came to visit us and he sat me in his lap and he started uh, saying that, uh, dear son, make sure when you grow up, you don't become a Maulavi. <laughs> okay? Maulavi in Pakistan is uh, someone who is Imam of the Masjid, and it's also seen someone who is kind of deprived and uh, poor. Mm. So he said, make sure you don't become a Maulavi. I said, uh, so what do you want me to become? He says, uh, become someone well, you know, uh, qualified, graduated, and this and that. I said, no, I want to be a Qari. Okay, when my father, Rahimahullah, he heard this, he was very excited because he himself was an Imam in the Masjid. So he got very excited and he said, okay, if this is the case, then we are going to call you Qari. So from that age, so I've been known as Qari within my family and relatives. And in fact, uh, many of my relatives don't know my real name. They know me only as a Qari. Okay, so this is, I would say, this was the beginning. And obviously it was uh, by the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They said, I didn't know, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who uh, made me speak these words. And then after that, uh, my father, Rahimahullah, he uh, wanted me to memorize the Quran because he wanted me to become real Qari, not only in words. Just the name. Yeah, just, just on, uh, uh, not only the name. So uh, I started memorizing the Quran. Uh, I used to attend the school, uh, obviously during the day and in the afternoon, would come back and uh, within the masjid where my father, Rahimahullah, was an Imam. There was a teacher, Quran teacher, we used to study Quran with him. Uh, we, uh, 
what I remember is that I started memorizing Quran at the age of, uh, I would say, probably five or uh, you know, something like this. Uh, you know, you can say, obviously, I don't remember if I studied Qaeda. I don't know whether I studied Qaeda or no Allah, but all I remember is that I was memorizing Quran. Okay, so yeah, so this was the beginning. So we used to do this and we used to live uh, in a city near the area called Rawalpindi. And then uh, uh, after that, uh, my father, he decided to move to another city. When we moved to another city, uh, he enrolled me into a school, but I didn't like the schooling there. So one day I came back home and I said to my father, I don't want to go to school. He said, why? I said, you know, I don't like because the teachers there, they don't really teach anything. They just waste their time and they get together amongst themselves and they waste their time and chat. And then one of them comes to us as students and just hits us and they teach nothing. And they, also, uh, and they also swear at us. So I don't want to go to school. He said, okay, son, what do you want then? I said, I want to memorize Quran. He said, what about the school? I said, no, I don't want. I want to memorize Quran. He said, okay. Then he said, are you ready to go somewhere where you can live in the hostel, in a boarding school, and you memorize the Quran so that you can focus on memorizing Quran? I said, yes, I'm happy. So I was only six and a half years old when he enrolled me into a boarding school. So I started memorizing Quran there, alhamdulillah. And then, alhamdulillah, with the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with the support of the parents, I managed to memorize the Quran and complete the memorization at the age of eight. Alhamdulillah. So that was the beginning. Now, obviously, uh, you were enrolled into that boarding school, mashallah. Who were your teachers, right? And maybe a teacher that stood out for you the most. Who would you say, like, whenever you thought about your your journey of uh, memorizing the Quran, you always remember this teacher, from the way he taught you, or maybe something he said to you that really stuck with you from that point till now. Yeah, basically, the teacher, as I said, uh, initially when I started the memorization, uh, there was a teacher called uh, Hafiz Azizur Rahman. And he's the one who I memorized with him uh, one and a half Jews. You know, all of Jews Amma and half of Jews 29. And then when we moved to another town and I was enrolled into the boarding school, there was only one teacher. Well, that, that was a kind of a new boarding school anyway. And it had the facility of uh, Quran Hif students only. Okay, so he is the teacher. I, you know, completed the Quran with him. His name was uh, Qari Muhammad Aslam. Okay, so I studied with him, alhamdulillah. He was very strict, very strict. But for me, he was very gentle because I was uh, one of the youngest students in the, in the, in the boarding school. Mm-hmm. And alhamdulillah, you know, whatever target he would give me, I would complete it and sometime I would go beyond the target. I remember one day my father, rahimahullah, he came to visit me in the boarding school. And uh, my lesson was on Suratul Jumu'ah. And my teacher had given me certain 
lines to memorize but uh, I alhamdulillah completed uh, whole Surah Jum'ah in one go. So he was telling my father that I remember it was uh, Thursday morning when my father came and my teacher was saying you know, the, he, you know he's the one who has memorized mashallah I gave him only few lines to memorize but he has memorized the whole Surah. So alhamdulillah although he was very strict but yeah he was also strict when it came to the revision. Uh, revision means you know whatever you have memorized you have to revise it on a daily basis yeah. so he was very strict so he would make me to uh, read uh, you know a number of ajza every day mm-hmm. uh, not only few pages you know the number of uh, juz every day yeah now so you're in you're 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 at that age you're in boarding school you know you're away from your family, yes. you know, you're living there with these other uh, students. students, you know, mashallah. Yeah. So, um, two things, uh, the aspects of maybe something you struggled with, you know, perhaps struggled, obviously, Allahumma uh, Barak, you're saying the, the memorization, alhamdulillah, it was, it was good and the teacher was very happy with mm-hmm. you. So maybe a part of the Quran memorization you struggled with yourself and also living uh, in the boarding school, uh, what kind of struggles did you did you face? So, to be honest, uh, as I said, you know, I was very young. I can't remember any struggle. Alhamdulillah. So I would say first and foremost, Alhamdulillah. It was uh, a special help of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for me. Allah made it very easy for me. So I can't remember. To be honest, I can't remember any struggle. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, uh, by the tawfiq of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And uh, secondly, as I said, uh, my heart was into memorization anyway. Yeah. And then on top of this, my parents, both of them have passed away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on them. They were very supportive, very supportive. And they actually wanted me to memorize the Quran. So when it comes to memorization uh, of the Quran, uh, the support of the parents is vital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so alhamdulillah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who made everything easy for me. So uh, I can't remember any struggle in memorization or living in boarding school or anything. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> That's a blessing in itself, yeah, mashallah. The experience, you, you don't remember that well, but the Quran is still with you ah, from that time. Allah yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And in terms of the teachers, uh, like you're saying, they were strict. Yes. Um, were there any point where that, obviously, you know, uh, from, from culture, uh, when people are being taught the Quran, mm. you know, maybe going a bit off topic, but because you, it's just I'm remembering now, you know, when we were taught, you know, you would get teachers that would strike and hit yeah. the children, yeah. you know, yeah. from, from from this practice, mm. you know, is how people are memorized. Yeah. And depending on the ch- student and the teacher, it depends how many times you would be be hit. Yeah. Is is this something you experienced? And also, if it is, is it something that's correct? Okay, first of all, I would say, uh, again, uh, I don't remember if uh, my teacher ever hit me with a stick or anything. Mm-hmm. Probably one or two slaps. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but most of the time, most of the time, uh, 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 not most of the time, basically, whenever he wanted to kind of uh, uh, discipline me, mm-hmm. he would uh, ask me to sit and not to have a break and to complete my target. As I said, uh, when it came to my new hifl, new memorization, I always did good, alhamdulillah, uh, by the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But uh, sometime, um, you know, if I didn't complete my uh, target in my revision, my teacher wouldn't allow me to have a break. 
would say you have to sit and you have to complete your target. And then, so th th this was the only kind of punishment that he, that, uh, he would give me. Uh, as for hitting, no. Okay. Uh, I don't think there is any room in Islam for hitting, and especially when it comes to uh, making the child read the Quran or to memorize the Quran. And especially memorization of the Quran, I usually say it is not compulsory anyway. It is not wajib. It is something that is uh, highly rewardable okay, for the person who memorized the Quran and as well as for the parents. But it is not something that is wajib or something that is compulsory. So there is no need to hit the child mm -hmm. if the child is not memorizing the Quran or if the child is unable to memorize. So the, it, 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 perhaps maybe even they should instill the love of the yeah. Quran first. Yeah, within the child, yes, yeah, yes. prior to for perhaps maybe forcing them yeah. to memorize the Quran, yes. you yes. know, yeah. and Subhanallah, I've um, I've been to uh, been to a couple of madrasas, you know, and I believe that from what you're saying, that your parents they play a big part in supporting you. Exactly. Children maybe nowadays they're just dropped off at the madrasa, mm. Mm. so that the children are away and they do the yes. yeah they yes. they're doing something. Exactly. And then, and then maybe perhaps the parents, mm. the only support that they give, they just drop them off for the. Because yeah. like, I've met, I've met, Alhamdulillah, yani, people who whose children are memorizing the Quran, but them themselves, they they're not memorizing. Yeah. Neither are they memorizing, you know. Yeah. But they yeah. want, they send the child to go memorize. Yes. You yes. know. It's not. It's not correct. Yeah. yeah. So the support comes from the parents as well. Yes. Definitely. To, to instill the love. Of yes. the Quran to the students and for them as well to be practicing what they're yes. preaching. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've you've completed the Quran at the age of six and a half. Yeah. No, uh, at the age of uh, eight. eight. Yeah, started at the age of uh, six and a half. So uh, eight years old. Yeah, half uh, of the Quran. Alhamdulillah. Yes. Where did you go from there? What what where did the Quran being a half of take you? Were you told to okay teach now, or were you told? Yeah, there's a place you can lead now. What happened after that? Uh, basically, uh, even before that, while I was memorizing in the boarding school, whenever I would go back home uh, over the weekend, and weekend back then uh, used to be from uh, Thursday afternoon until Friday afternoon. This was only weekly break we used to have. Okay. So, and then again, not every single weekend we would go back home. Okay, uh, mostly every other weekend. Okay, so whenever I would go back home, my father, Rahimahullah, he used to make me lead uh, the salah at home. Okay, so he kind of uh, trained me at that young age. Uh, and then the first time I led in the masjid, it was during Ramadan. Uh, and this was uh, because of my teacher, uh, as I mentioned, Qari Muhammad Aslam, Hafizullah is still alive, Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him a long life with uh, good health. Uh, he's the one who selected me uh, for leading two rak'at of Qiyamul Layl during Ramadan. And uh, it used to be very long Qiyam, and uh, my turn came around uh, 2 a.m. Okay, so I remember it was uh, basically uh, fifth and sixth rak'ah of the qiyam. Okay, so I was actually uh, sleeping 
when my uh, colleague, other, other mates, they woke me up and they said, now your turn is to lead two rakat. So I was only around seven that time. So I led two rakat, alhamdulillah, and uh, I read, uh, I would say, around 15 pages in those two rakat from Jews 23rd, from Surah Sad and Surah Zumar onwards. So that was the first time. And then when I completed the Quran, Alhamdulillah, eh, the completion was eh, in the month of Sha'ban, just before Ramadan. And eh, as soon as I completed, I, actually when I was eh, about to complete, my teacher, he had arranged for me to lead Taraweeh eh, for coming Ramadan. So uh, although it was not in a masjid, it was in one of the family, uh, in one of the family's house. So we, uh, you know, the family members and other relatives would get together and uh, he, so he, he, he had arranged it for me. Okay, so as soon as I completed, he said, you know, after two weeks, you will be, uh, you will be leading uh, the Nawa Taravi on my own. So I led, alhamdulillah, Taravi throughout Ramadan, completed the whole Quran and at since, at the age of eight, alhamdulillah. And since then, alhamdulillah, uh, I'm, I'm leading Taravi. As for being an imam, uh, you know, I, I, I was a kind of part-time imam in, when, when I was in Pakistan. Firstly, in the institute where I studied after completing the, my memorization, I completed my alim course or Islamic studies course, you can say. Uh, I was uh, teaching there and uh, I used to lead the loud prayers, Maghrib, Shah and Fajr. And then after that, uh, I worked in uh, Darussalam uh, Publishers, International Darussalam Publisher, in the head office in Lahore. And uh, when I was there, uh, they appointed me as an imam as well for loud prayers. And then after that, Alhamdulillah, I came here in the UK back in 2002. And this was kind of first time when I was appointed full-time imam, Alhamdulillah. So after completing my memorization, my father, Rahimahullah, he asked me once again uh, if, you, if, 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 you know, if I wanted to go to school. I said, no, I don't want. He said, what do you want? I said, now I want to go through the proper full Tajweed program. And this is kind of a tradition over there. So while you're memorizing the Quran, the teacher basically corrects your mistakes, if, if there are any major mistakes, but uh, there's no too much focus on uh, teaching tajweed rules or makharij or sifat or anything. Mm. So I completed the Quran, alhamdulillah, with the, I would say, uh, fair level of uh, pronunciation. And then I wanted to go through proper tajweed and qira'ah course. Mm -hmm. So that uh, my father, rahmatullah, enrolled me into another boarding school where I spent two years in learning tajweed. Okay, and uh, here, and there was another teacher uh, called uh, Qari Abdul Hamid. Uh, he, he is blind and he had disability in his leg as well. But uh, he was very, very good. Very good. Uh, very strict when it came to makharij and tajweed, basically. Yeah. Uh, now, now, basically, nowadays, I, I, I teach uh, tajweed, I teach Quran, and I usually tell my students uh, to have a mirror in front of you when you practice your reading and when you practice your tajweed. Mm -hmm. And this actually is something that I remember helped me a lot when I was studying tajweed. 
because uh, our teacher basically he uh, kind of obliged us to have a small mirror in our pocket all the time okay he would say whenever we would read to him he would say have mirror in front of you make sure that you don't twist your tongue or your lips you don't and and, and you don't round uh, your lips you don't move your lips or tongue wherever it it, it, it is unnecessary to do so so this actually helped me a lot so this was tajweed after tajweed uh, complete tajweed alhamdulillah then uh, once again my father said what, what's what's the plan now are you ready to go back to school now i said no i don't, don't want to he said so what what do you want i said i want to go through islamic studies so he enrolled me into another institution where alhamdulillah i studied for seven years and at the age of 17, alhamdulillah, I completed Islamic studies course. Alhamdulillah. So this was a kind of whole journey. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. 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 May Allah reward you and uh, your parents as well, mashallah. Yeah. So um, there's countless vir virtues of a person who uh, memorized the Quran. Okay. Could you, uh, for people that are, you know, as you said, the Quran memorization is not wajib is not a, a mandatory upon a, a Muslim, yeah. right? Yeah. But the virtues and the reward, as you said, is immense and great. Give us, uh, inshallah, if, uh, if you may, some examples of uh, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, said or the Prophet Muhammad has said in the authentic hadith in regards to a person who has memorized the Quran. Uh, as you said, there are many virtues of learning Quran, reading Quran, memorizing Quran, you know, there are many benefits of memorizing Quran in this dunya and in the hereafter. Uh, but I would like to highlight only one or, or probably two points here. The first one is that uh, whenever I read the ayah in the Quran in Surah Al-Zumar in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَمَّنْ هُوَ قَانِتٌ آنَاءَ اللَّيْلِ سَاجِدًا وَقَائِمًا يَحْذَرُ الْآخِرَةَ وَيَرْجُوا رَحْمَةَ رَبِّهِ What about someone who stands during the hours of night standing and uh, prostrating and he has the fear of the hereafter and he has the hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Mufassirun have said in this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to someone who has memorized the Quran and he's able to recite whenever he wants to. So I think for me you know this is one of the biggest advantage of having memorized the Quran. Okay, so if you have memorized the Quran, you can read anytime. While walking, while driving, okay, standing, sitting, even lying down, you can read anytime without uh, grabbing a copy of the Quran because the Quran is in your heart, in your memory. So this is one of the biggest and uh, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you tawfiq, you can stand up at night and you can offer long prayer. Whereas those who do not have this blessing of memorization of the Quran, they struggle. Okay, especially when it comes to the night prayer, uh, not only outside Ramadan, even in Ramadan. Okay, how many times we find people asking the question, can I uh, prolong my Qiyam, uh, my uh, Salah by holding a Mus'haf in my hand? Yeah. And this is only because they haven't memorized the Quran. But for half is someone who has memorized the Quran, he can prolong, he can read one juice, two juice, three, five juice. As a, you know, he can read any time. So I think this is one of the 
biggest uh, advantages. So the Quran is in your heart, in your memory, and you can start earning reward whenever you, whenever you want. Okay. The other thing that uh, always I, I always uh, keep in mind is that someone who has memorized the Quran, he has been uh, chosen by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and this is based on the Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in which he sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, special people, selected people, chosen people. And actually the wording of the hadith is, Inna lillahi ahlin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has his family. Oh, although Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from having a child or wife, or, okay, as Allah said in the Quran. But uh, in this hadith, the Prophet used the word ahl. Ahl means family, the own people. So the companions, when they heard this from the Prophet ﷺ, they said, O Messenger of Allah ﷺ, what do you mean by this? Allah has Ahl? He ﷺ said, Inna Ahl al-Qur'ani Ahlullahi wa khasatu. The people of Qur'an, they are the family of Allah. They are special as we have, you know, our family closest people to us. Your children are the closest to you. Your parents are closest to you. Likewise, the people of the Qur'an, are the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. Obviously, it is only if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you tawfiq to practice the Quran. No. Otherwise, just memorizing Quran is not sufficient. No. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and ability to practice uh, the Quran and to embody the Quran in our life and uh, to act upon whatever we read in the Quran. So, uh, th obviously, this, this is another advantage, and uh, when you have this privilege, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with the memorization of the Quran, you should always bear in mind that whenever you read the Quran, you are actually uttering and reciting exactly those words that first and foremost Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke. And then Jibreel السلام, spoke the same words and exactly the same letters. And then the Prophet وسلم, recited these words and these letters. And then the companions. And then our predecessors, pious and righteous predecessors, the Salaf. You know, and now, you know, more than 1400 years later, we, we, we are able to read exactly the same words. So this is one of the greatest blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. SubhanAllah. It's uh, azim, you know, uh, those benefits, subhanAllah. And I think uh, going back to your first benefit, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, because of the current situation that we're in, COVID-19, last Ramadan was very different from, mm. for everyone, you know, and a lot of people found themselves uh, praying the night prayer, the taraweeh prayer, at home yes and if you are the man and uh, you're the the head of the household you would be you know Lead. leading the, the taraweeh you know yeah. and and a lot of people found themselves like i'm i've not memorized enough yeah. for maybe 12 raka'ah yes. you know i've not memorized enough for maybe eight yes. you know so subhanallah yeah. it was it was a struggle for them. Yeah. yeah, it was a struggle this year, you know, and a lot of people had to do uh, some self-evaluation. Yes, yeah. you know, and and again, like um, I've heard from uh, from the winter conference, they brought a lot of benefits that COVID nineteen has brought to mm. the, to what's happened the pandemic, you know, and uh, this perhaps is uh, a benefit where people had the time to reflect, mm -hmm. you know, and Ramadan was there, and you reflected upon 
it's the month of the Quran yes. and you don't have enough memorization yes. within yes. you to actually lead yes. a prayer, you yes. know? Yes. Allahumma musta'an. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so, barakallah uh, fi Sheikh. So, the Quran is a book of guidance, okay? And we were talking before uh, the podcast about uh, gems and, uh, you know, vir uh, not gems, but virtues, afwan, but kind of uh, things that the ulama have extracted from certain ayat, from certain ayats, from also the Prophet some explaining some ayats uh, to the companions. Mm. Uh, could you give us maybe one example of uh, like a gem from the Quran, inshallah? Uh, Subhanallah, <laughs> Quran, uh, Quran is 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 uh, an ocean. You know, Subhanallah. See, Quran was revealed in Arabic language, as Allah says. Uh, Quran and Arabian, Quran is straightforward, clear. In another ayah, Allah says, Arabian, clear Arabic language. But uh, you find most of the tafasir of the Quran are written in Arabic. Okay, explaining Quran. Uh, you know, in many, many volumes, since the Quran has been revealed, people are writing the tafasir within Arabic language and many other languages as well. And every mufassir, every scholar who uh, takes the initiative of writing tafsir of the Quran, obviously he does so thinking or believing that the previous mufassirun, they have missed some of the gems of the Quran. That is why this is actually, this is something that uh, uh, motivates him to start a new tafsir. That is why Quran is in an ocean. Uh, but uh, because you have uh, asked me to give some example, you know, one of the things that I really love about the Quran is when you read the Quran and you find the ending of the ayat with the beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something that is amazing, amazing. You know, the ayah ends with, Inna Allah ghafoorur rahim. What is the purpose of making the mention of these two beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that specific ayah? So if you ponder and, reflect, uh, and, you, uh, and you reflect, you will be amazed. Let me give you an example. Uh, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says twice, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا If you were to count the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can never count them. So this... Uh, verse or part of the verse is repeated twice in the Quran. First in Surah Ibrahim and then secondly in Surah uh, An-Nahl. Okay, in the first Surah, first time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا It ends saying, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَظَلُومٌ كَفَّارٌ وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا If you were to count the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will never be able to count them. Verily, the man is wrongdoer and oppressive and uh, kafar is from kufr, it is ungrateful. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ends the ayah with two, uh, say, uh, two attributes or two characteristics of a man. Okay. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeats the ayah in Surah Al-Nahl, but in that surah he ends with Two of his beautiful names. وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَغَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ 
If you were to count the blessings of Allah, you will never be able to count them. Verily, Allah is most forgiving and He is most merciful. And now if you combine both ayat and you come to know that, subhanAllah, we, we are wrongdoers. We are the zalimun. We oppress ourselves. We are the one who commit sin. And in order to expiate those, those sins, what we need? We need the forgiveness of Allah. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the ayah, Ghafoor. Okay? You are zalum, but Allah is Ghafoor. And then Kafar. Okay? You are ungrateful, but look at the mercy of Allah. Allah is still showering His mercy upon you. You are ungrateful to Allah, but Allah never deprives you from His blessings. Okay? So it's amazing. So ending of the ayat of the Quran, this is something that actually, uh, that, that you know, uh, I find amazing part of the Quran. Yeah. Obviously there are many other, uh, obviously many other gems of the Quran, yes. Yeah. 100%, you yeah. know, obviously we wouldn't have enough time even uh, to, to speak about uh, three to four gems from the Quran. Because no, like course. I said, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an ocean, like you yeah, said, ocean, you know, subhanAllah. Yes. And uh, alhamdulillah um, yeah, that you've, uh, you've had, if you're a memorizer of the Qur'an and uh, you're a reciter of the Qur'an, you know, every time you recite uh, the Qur'an, depending on perhaps what you've gone through in life and whatever is that's happening at that time, this ayah will, you know, Strikes, yes. it will strike you a different way, yeah, you yeah. know. So again, this is another, uh, uh, going back to the benefits of yes, being exactly. uh, um, uh, a half of the Qur'an is that Whenever you recite an ayah, you know so many ayahs from the Quran that it is literally, you know, a, a guidance, you know, yeah, to it, yourself. It, it and Alhamdulillah. Now, Sheikh. Your mind, Alhamdulillah. Uh, I want I want to move on like to advice now from yourself. You. you know, Alhamdulillah, we know now uh, from where you started and where you are right now. Uh, Allahumma barik. Uh, now to advice to people who may be watching uh, and they want to begin their journey as well what age would you say is the best for 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 um, perhaps a person to 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 start learning and memorizing the quran we'll, we'll start first with like children inshallah okay, okay with children uh, i would say uh, based on my personal experience <laughs> as early as possible yeah. probably start teaching your children uh, the Qaeda and make them uh, learn the Arabic alphabets and the spellings. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say as early as uh, I would say probably four, but not later than five. Okay. Okay. So you start uh, early at that age, then it will become easy for them mm -hmm. to learn and to read the Quran and to memorize the Quran. And obviously, there are many other things that you have to do uh, when you uh, basically want your child to memorize the Quran. You have to be very supportive as as parents, and uh, you know. And along with this, you I would say as a parent, you should uh, question your intention. What is your intention of your child memorizing the Quran? Why do you want your child to memorize the Quran? What, what, what is your purpose? Ask yourself. Okay, if it is for worldly gain, then there's no benefit. Just leave it. 
But if you want your child uh, to memorize the Quran uh, so that he can be one of the best ways of Sadaqah Jariya for you, then Alhamdulillah. Then, then in this case, it will require you to put a lot of efforts. And as a parents, you should know that uh, making your child memorize the Quran is not an easy task. It requires a lot of efforts. It requires a lot of sacrifice. It requires sacrifice of your wealth. It requires sacrifice of your time, your own commitment, and many things. And I would say not only father, only mother, rather both of them. Okay, together. They must be very supportive. And in order for the parents to be supportive to the child to memorize the Quran, they themselves must be well connected with the Quran. If the parents are not connected with the Quran, then the child will definitely struggle. And this unfortunately what happens to many of the children. When the parents are not connected with the Quran, and unfortunately parents themselves, they are unable to even read the Quran by looking from the copy from the Mus'haf. Okay? And yet they have the desire for their child to memorize the Quran and they end up forcing the child and putting a kind of pressure where the child himself or herself, they are not willing to memorize the Quran. And they don't see their parents reading the Quran on a daily basis okay, and well connected with the Quran. Then it becomes even more hard for the child to memorize the Quran. So start with very early age and then must support your child no. okay and then while the child is memorizing the quran you must use uh, some beneficial techniques okay. okay to encourage them rather than forcing them rather than punishing them uh, you should uh, basically instill love of the quran in their heart okay and there are uh, you know uh, there are a number of ways one of them is that you give them incentive Okay. For example, as soon as the child has completed the qaeda, say we are going to hold a party in the house. Okay. Uh, within, the, you know, uh, within the siblings or even invite other relatives. Okay. And have a party. And this is a party. And give the child a certificate of completing the, uh, the qaeda. And then once the child starts memorizing the Quran, obviously mostly the child memorizes the Quran and he starts memorization from Juz Amma. Once he has completed 10 surahs, give him another certificate. MashaAllah, you know, he's, he's able to recite and he has memorized 10 surahs. And then upon the completion of Juz Amma, give, you know, Juz Amma. Don't say only one Juz, he has memorized one Juz. Say how many surahs he has memorized. Because in Juz Amma, you have so many small surahs. Okay, say, oh, subhanAllah, these many surahs, out of 114 surahs, the child has memorized these many surahs. Yeah. The child will be encouraged yeah. and he will be motivated. Yeah. And then, uh, Juz Tabarak, Juz 29, Juz uh, 28, like this. And I personally prefer, once the child has completed last three ajza, he should move to Surah Al-Baqarah. Okay. okay? Because uh, memorizing from Surah Al-Baqarah would become easy and the child gets the habit of memorization by then, by, you know, uh, by the end of the completion of third juz from the back. So this, and obviously there are other ways uh, of, of encouraging the children. 
So, yes, so the, the, these are some of the tips for the children. Jazakallah khair. Now, uh, you know, it's, it's true, mashallah, with the parents, um, they need to be together and they need to be connected with the Quran and it will make it easy for the child as well. Because, for example, if they're in madrasa and after the madrasa, madrasa is probably two, three hours, mm. you know, a, a day. After that, they're away. They've got all that time yes. that they're not. Uh, maybe reading the Quran. So perhaps if they're re doing the muraja, re revising with their, their parents, it will benefit them. Yes. But now, obviously, we're in, a, we're in a time where, you know, there's a lot of technological advancements mm. and uh, children have a lot of things that um, they, they do in their spare time and they become attached to. Yes. For example, children who have their, uh, their game consoles or they have their iPads, mm. you know, and all this software. And sometimes the kids know more than the parents about yeah. the actual... You know entertainment yes so how do we how difficult is it for a child if um for, is there a balance you know do we cut it off completely or do we say yani, you can have your time with the quran have your time with this or what, what would you advise a parent i would say you know first and foremost when it comes to using these uh, kind of uh, gadgets the parents themselves they to certain extent they themselves needs to uh, they themselves need to keep themselves away from these gadgets to a certain extent. If the child sees his or her parents so much attached to these gadgets and mother is always on WhatsApp and on Twitter and Facebook and the father after spending a long day outside the house working and in the evening comes back and he spends a number of hours on mobile then obviously you can't expect the child to be away from these gadgets. He will be, automatically he will be connected to these gadgets. So if you really want your child to focus on the memorization of the Quran, then again as a parent, you must be role model for them. So as a parent, you must distance yourself from these gadgets. Do not use them unnecessarily. Okay. okay? This is the first thing. Secondly, when it comes to using, yes, we, obviously we, we are living in an age and time where we cannot deny the benefit of the technology. There are many benefits. Again, it is your duty as a parent, as a father and mother, to basically uh, instill good habit in your children of using those gadgets. For example, when it comes to mobile phone or uh, using internet in any form, okay, using YouTube, when, okay, from very young age, Give them or instill in them the habit of uh, watching some useful uh, videos. Okay, for example, there are a number of uh, you know uh, movies or, or, or the videos uh, about the stories of the prophets. Okay, so may the child to watch them, allow them to watch it. Okay, and uh, also uh, instill in them the love for various tones of recitation of the Qur'an, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, my uh, younger child, he, mashallah, he knows the names of the Qur'an, okay? So uh, once I asked him, you know, who do you love uh, in terms of, the, uh, you know, uh, amongst these reciters? He said, I love Muhammad Ayyub, I love uh, Mashari Lafasi, uh, Abdurrahman Al-Sudais, Saud Al-Shuraim, this and that. Yeah. So he memorized these names. Yeah. How? Basically, by using the pen Quran. Ah, 
Okay, so he has the pen, uh, Quran in his hand all the time, and he has uh, the book, and he keeps listening, listening, listening. Yes. Okay, and that uh, device actually allows him to even record. So while he's playing, he records. Okay, yeah. and uh, obviously records, uh, you know, not something directly related to the Quran, yeah. but he plays with it. Yeah. So this is a gadget for him. So if the child gets this habit, it will become easy for him to memorize the Quran. It will not distract him too much. Yeah. And when the child grows up, say the child is at the age of seven, eight, nine, and now they are more connected to these gadgets, then as a parent, you have to keep an eye on them. Yes. Okay. Limit, have, have certain limits for them to use those gadgets and those, uh, the, you know, uh, and, and, and those devices. Yeah. Okay. Don't, you know, just give them uh, those gadgets or those devices uh, without a limit, without any restriction. Yeah. Rather, for example, you can say, yes, if you memorize, you know, if you complete your target of the memorization of the Quran today, I will allow you to have one hour on the Internet. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. So it will encourage them. They will, you know, focus for half an hour, one hour to read the Quran, to complete their target. And then because they know that after that, there will be break for them. And for them nowadays, you know, for the children, the best break is on the Internet. Okay. So these type of uh, techniques must be used. As for those parents who want to completely cut off their children from uh, these devices, it is wrong. It is wrong. Basically... It, it does not bring any benefit, rather it, 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 uh, it uh, causes some kind of, unfortunately, disliking or I would say hatred towards the Qur'an, unfortunately. Like a punishment. A punishment, yeah. So Qur'an should not be used as a punishment, yeah. SubhanAllah. Now, Shaykh, SubhanAllah, you know, um, inshallah we have room for one more question before yes, we go. Sir. You know, we've talked about uh, y- y- your journey and now we, we, the advice to the parents. Some t- this this advice that you're giving, inshallah, it is. Um, can we say that it's the same advice for someone who's starting perhaps late? Now I remember when uh, when we sat down before, you know, Alhamdulillah, I've had the blessing to be uh, working in the masjid. Um, that we spoke about anyone who's wanting to to anyone who's watching and they saying, look, I I never had the opportunity, or my parents didn't support me. I'm now. 18, 19, 20, 30, 50, 60, I'm 70, yes. you know, and I, I want this, I want to start my journey, you know, is it, is it too late? Uh, what practical uh, steps can they take? Uh, one of the advices that I remember you gave me was memorization uh, is good, but the, the core and the key is the actual revision. Yes. Because without the revision, there's no point of memorization. Yes. What, what can you say to people who are wanting to start memorizing the Quran? at the age they're at now and they're not, no longer young? Uh, there are a number of things that they need to be in mind and most important one I would say is determination. Mm. They, they must be determined in memorizing Quran. Mm. Memorization of the Quran cannot be done by you know just simple desire or wish. Okay? Or you want you know today you uh, watched a lecture and you attended a circle in the masjid and you are motivated you go back home and you say okay I'm gonna start memorizing Quran today 
and you pick up a copy of the Quran, you memorize few lines and then next day, now it's a bit difficult, it's going to take time. No, it doesn't work like this. Determination and commitment, this is, this is crucial. As long as you have this, then it doesn't really matter how long does it take you to memorize the Quran. Okay, so first of all, uh, you must have determination and must decide, uh, I would say, I would suggest that a specific time within 24 hours in which you think you are, mostly you are going to be free that time. Mm -hmm. There will be no work, there will be no uh, any, any activities, you know, uh, your job related or even within the house, okay. Uh, perhaps in the morning, early in the morning if you can. If not, then just before going to sleep. Unfortunately, most of us, we waste our time before going to sleep. One hour, two hours, okay, on mobile phone, on internet, watching this clip or that clip, you know. Mm. Utilize that time. Commit and make a promise between you and Allah that every single night before going to sleep, I'm going to spend half an hour and I'm going to dedicate half only 30 minutes out of my 24 hours for the Quran okay and then once you have decided this and you have made this promise to Allah and obviously this promise is between you and Allah and you never compromise on this yeah. never ever no. I would say to the extent that even on the day of Eid never compromise on this mm -hmm. because this must be a part of your daily life no. as you need the food every single day you need to have this much time for the Quran every single day without missing any single day. So this is the first thing. So once you have decided one time, then after that, it doesn't really matter how much you actually memorize on a daily basis. Whatever you can memorize easily, do so. Okay. So at the beginning, it is always better to have a very small target, okay, just one or two lines, for example, yes. okay. So, and to keep this target for a number of weeks until you know yourself that you are able to memorize, you know, new two, three lines easily, then you can increase gradually, no. okay. Memorize it in very slow pace, mm -hmm. okay. Don't try to jump and don't try to take big steps. Okay, and while memorizing on a daily basis, I would say, for example, if you have dedicated half an hour for your memorization, spend 10 minutes out of 30 minutes on new memorization and the rest 20 minutes should be dedicated for the previous hifl mm -hmm. that we call muraja or revision. Yes. Okay, whatever you have memorized previously, go through it. And you must revise it on a daily basis. No. Not only within those uh, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, rather you should be repeating it in your daily prayers as well. In your far salah, in your nafil salah, in your sunnah. No. Obviously, rather than reading Qulhu Allah had all the time after Surah Al Fatih in every single rak'ah, no. okay, go through what you have memorized. Mm -hmm. okay? So, this is very important. So, determination, commitment, and then obviously sincerity and ikhlas in every single act, in every single good deed is important. And along with this, I would say, never forget to make dua. 
If you are sincere, you will definitely be making dua. And the best dua, uh, I would recommend there are actually two. One of them is, both of them are in the Quran. The one is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reported in the story of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. That he would say, Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Memorize this dua from Surah Taha uh, and read this dua. And the second dua is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself taught our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is none other than Rabbi zidni ilma. Rabbi zidni ilma. Keep repeating this dua in your sujood, in your tashahud, after salah, between adhan and uh, iqama, and in the times of, 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 of the acceptance of the dua. Whenever you find an opportunity, whenever you raise your hands, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the memorization of the Qur'an easy for you and to increase you in your knowledge. So it is also very important. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Alhamdulillah, we've, uh, we're just a bit over, but I had to get that last question in there. Sure. Uh, I thank you for your time. You know, I ask Allah to reward you and uh, Allah preserve you, you know, and, uh, and uh, have mercy on those who taught you and, uh, and on your family, inshallah. Um, We'd like to conclude the podcast here, inshallah. Inshallah, we're going to have more of this similar content, bidnillah, with the um, Beyond the Mimbar uh, kind of uh, style. Um, we ask those who are viewing, inshallah, if you'd like to leave a comment on what you'd want to hear next, what kind of topic would you like us to bring and to ask the Imam or the person of knowledge that will be standing on the day that we'll be doing the podcast, inshallah. Remember to leave a like and click the notification button there, inshallah, so that you're notified whenever a video comes up. And also, as, a, as the Sheikh Qari Zakallah has told us today, the immense reward in, uh, and the benefit of being a memorizer of the Quran. You know, if anyone wants to embark on this journey, take the advice that has been given. Of course, when you know the rewards, that you'll want to actually be determined to do so. Uh, remember here, alhamdulillah, in Greenland Masjid, there's various courses that are available uh, if anyone who wishes to enroll also their children in, in the madrasa as well. Barakallah feekum, wazakallah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, ashadu la ilaha ila anta, astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayk. Jazakallah khair, shaykh. Barakallah feekum. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.